The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was a family, person Avrech Cholel, his oldest daughter got engaged. His son-in-law, future son-in-law, beautiful boy. He's going to be an amazing Tamil Chacham, Midot, unbelievable. He got a catch like you wouldn't believe. The only problem was, like the Gemara and Kiddushin says, Kesef Minalan. Where's the money? He didn't really have money. The father had no money, but what's he going to do? So he figures himself, you know what he'll do? I'll have to go from Gemach to Gemach. I'll have to borrow money. Maybe I'll have to go to, uh, leave out of Israel to call, gather money. Uh, anyways, he goes to a Gemach. And it happens to be the Gemach that he went to was a very generous one. And they knew him personally. So they were willing to extend themselves. But he said, listen, we only have a very limited amount of funds that we have. If you want, because we know you personally... We'll extend it because uh, what, what numbers are we looking at? So he gave a very high number. I'm just making up a number, but I don't know. So let's say he said $30,000. And he said, okay, $30,000. We're willing to extend that to you, $30,000. But please do keep in mind, if we give you $30,000, it's at the expense of other people deriving benefit from that money. He said, okay, but what can I do? I'm making a wedding. He said, okay, fine, we'll give it to you. Anyways, the, the, the family is making the wedding and everyone comes to the hall. Now, if you've ever been there to Israel, you know that certain halls, what they do is, they have different tier level halls. They have the bottom one, which is for, you know, coach, and then the next one is business class. And the first one is first class, right? You know, the top of the top. So people got the invitation thinking that the wedding was going to be on the coach class, on the third floor. They arrive at the wedding, and lo and behold, the arrows are now pointing to floor number three, or floor number two, Top level floor. People walk in, their mouths were open. There were chandeliers. There was beautiful silverware. The hall was gorgeous. It was a beautiful, beautiful event. And some of the people who happened to be at the wedding were the people in charge of the gemach. You could imagine they were not too happy. This guy's pulling our leg. He tells us he needs $30,000. This wedding is costing at least 10 to 20 times that amount of money. Like, what in the world? He took us for a ride. People were very upset. Not only that, when someone found out that they made it at this very fancy wedding, his second daughter, she was going out, she got engaged to another guy. And one of the people, the Mechotanim, said, he says, listen, if he can afford a, a wedding like that, that means he's got money somehow. In other words, he was pitching that hopefully his son would be supported as well. And lo and behold, the second wedding also took place at that fancy hall. Then his third daughter got engaged. Now while this is all happening in quick succession, the people of the Gemach are getting very irritated at this person. Because it's his second wedding, he's going out to wedding number three, and then they show up, and lo and behold, it's at that same exact hall, super duper fancy, his third daughter in a row, few weeks apart, and here he is, he's blowing this money. This, this guy's for sure spending over a million dollars. And he's coming to Argamach to get, what, is this guy a sick person? He's borrowing money when he clearly doesn't need it? So one of his friends finally went over to him and says, can I pull you to the side? He says, yeah, yeah, what's up? He says, listen, no one's going to say this to you because they're uncomfortable. I'm telling you this as your friend. How dare you? How, how dare me what? How dare you? You took the $30,000 and you look so convincing, so real. I could have sworn that it was almost like you were... You were, it was real. You're an acting, and you're a very convincing, compelling actor. It's like, what are you talking about? 
He's like, yeah, you need $30,000. Where is it? He said, I'm still trying to get it. What do you mean you're still trying to get it? You're spending over close to a million dollars. Everyone knows that the top level tier of wedding costs three hundred dollars to $400,000 uh, uh, for one event. How, how do you have the chutzpah to ask us for that? And you're telling us you don't even have the money. Of course you don't have the money. You blew it on, this is your third wedding. How dare you? People need this money. What's wrong with you? And suddenly, this person starts crying. He says, you're not going to believe me unless I, I bring the, you, I have, to, I have to show you something. It's like, what? He takes his friend, and they go downstairs to the bottom floor. In the bottom floor is big letters, Hamisrad, the office. They go knocking on the door, and they see a man there, yes. Excuse me, who is the owner of this hall? He says, I am. Oh, Rav Shmuel, Mazal Tov. This is the third wedding upstairs. I'm going to be up there in a second. He says, no, no, no. Please sit down and explain to this person what you told me. He says, you really want me to say, I, I'm begging you. And he explained to him why. This person's yelling at me. He says, okay, I have to tell you a story. He said, the owner. We'll call the owner Michael. Michael says the following. He said, my father came from a small town in Poland. Make up the name, Chernowitz. And in Chernowitz, there were not that many Jews that lived there, but it was a small knit community. The Nazis invaded Poland in 1939, rounded up all the Jews and took them. If they didn't liquidate them immediately, they put them in different concentration camps. My father was one of them. I don't know if it was Bergen-Belsen or Auschwitz. One death camp. Him and another Jew were the only two survivors of the entire town of Chernovitz. And his, he had a very unique name. His name was Zanvil. Zanvil of Chernovitz. That's how everyone knew him as. And Zanvil and I, says Mikhail, Zanvil and my father were, during the war, they were very close and they made it through the war. And there were multiple times that Zanvil saved my father's life. Towards the end of the war, my, my, grand, my father turns to Zanvil and says, Zanvil, I don't know what's going to be. The Americans or the Russians are going to liberate us soon. We may go our separate ways. But I will never, ever forget the kindness you did for me. How many times you saved me? I promise you, I will pay you back one day. I don't know how, but I promise you, I'll pay you back one day. And with that, they both separated. They both went different ways. And Zanvil and Michal's father, who never, never got lost touch. They, they didn't know about one another. Lo and behold, they both happened to make Aliyah. They came to Eretz Yisrael, and they both lived a life there. For years, Michal says, my father looked in vain to try to find Zanvil of Chernovitz. He went to Yad Vashem and looked in the records. He saw that he was alive. He did not get liquidated. He heard that he escaped somehow. Maybe he changed his name. He didn't know. But he knew Zanvil of Chernovitz was alive and he was somewhere. He did not know where. And it bothered him to the nth degree that he could never pay him back. So, when Michal's father was already starting to get older and he started to get sick, he called his son in and said, Michal, I am entrusting you. The next time that you ever hear someone comes from a town, Chernovitz, I want you to ask them, are they related to Zanvil? Zanvil of Chernovitz, because it sounds like it was only two people that survived. So I need you to find out if he's from that family. Lo and behold, Michal says, turns to the friend, Lo and behold, this young man walks into my office a few months ago. He introduces himself to me. And we said something. And he said to me, Oh, 
Uh, only a, a Polak would say something like that. He said, only a Polak would say that. What are you saying, a Polak? He says, yeah, yeah, my family comes from Poland, and uh, we were... Really, your family comes from Poland? Which city, may I ask? Is it Warsaw? You know, the capital city, a lot of Jews live there. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a small town, you probably never heard of it. Really? I never heard of it? Go ahead, try me. Yeah, it's a small town. My father was one of the few survivors. It's a town called Chernovitz. Suddenly, he said, I turned white when he said that. I said, was your father's name by any chance Zanville? So he looks at me and he says, how do you know my father? And suddenly he said, I turned white when he said that. He says, you don't know what I owe you. Your father saved my father multiple times in the concentration camps. And he made me promise that if I ever find Zanville Chernovitz's family, I owe them. Habibi, you're making your wedding? Level Kuma Rishon. You're making on the first, uh, the top level. Any wedding you have. And guess what, by the way? I'm going to let people know that you paid Kiyada Melech. We're going to pull all the stops for you. Because I want your daughters to get the best. Because what you did for my family, I want to do in a small way for your family as well. And now, he turns to his friend. He goes, now you understand? I still didn't pay anything. I, I, I have money, but I, I still have expenses. I still need time to pay that back the gemach. So, mechila, I'm sorry. But you see from here how far that goes. When you lift others up, how much that could benefit not just you, but even your family as well. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.